beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome to this extra plump episode of 10 things to tell you. This one is longer than usual because after weeks and weeks of hearing just my voice drone on on this show, I decided to feature a conversation for you with a friend, finally. My friend Bree McCoy is the guest today. Bree and I have only gotten to know each other in the last year or less, actually. She is so fun to be around. I think you're going to love her energy. And because her specialty is life in the kitchen, bringing people to the table, she is the perfect person to talk with about food and the act of cooking. At the beginning of our conversation, I share a little bit about why I wanted to do this episode with Brie and why I'm forcing myself to get back to basics with the task of feeding my family of four. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Brie McCoy. She is an accidental home cook, a gatherer of people, a food blogger, an author, You can find her recipes and her stories in her food memoir called Come and Eat, a celebration of love and grace around the everyday table. 
She's on Instagram at Brie McCoy, where she shares kitchen tips and recipes. She's so great in stories. I know you guys are going to love her. She blogs at OurSavoryLife.com. You can find everything we talk about on this episode on her blog, OurSavoryLife.com, where she's doing some blog posts about the tools that we're going to cover. And you can also find everything in the show notes. You can always find that at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. I really hope you enjoy our conversation, which is ostensibly about cooking. But of course, I tried to make it deep. Hi, I'm so happy that you're going to be on with me today because we are new-ish friends, but I super love you so much. I feel the same way. I'm so glad we found each other in this internet world. I know, me too. I I can't believe it took so long. So here is what we're going to talk about today on this show is kitchen tools, some kitchen basics. And let me just tell the listeners why I wanted to do this show. Here is the deal with me. I love food. I mean, it's obvious if anyone has ever been around me for one minute. I love food. And for like all of my 20s, I did not cook. I did not care to cook. I grew up with a mom who was an excellent cook. And so therefore, some part of me just decided that I would only eat her cooking for the rest of my life, (laughs) which isn't isn't a true thought. And then I moved to Los Angeles and there's just an abundance of food everywhere there. And I, you know, was single for a long time and I just didn't need to. Finally, when I got married and had my daughter and we just weren't as mobile anymore, like we just couldn't leave the house so much because Mm -hmm. of like bedtimes and, you know, we just weren't as flexible. And also around that time, just on a personal note, I was getting a little bit homesick like maybe just because I had a new baby or whatever, and I was just sort of craving the type of food that I grew up with in Oklahoma, which doesn't really exist in Los Angeles. (laughs) No, it does not. Like full fat everything, amazingness. That is not something I can find in LA very easily. And so combined with me being a little homesick and being a little bit housebound, I finally started to learn to cook about 10 years ago. Oh, you know what else made a big difference? We were about to sell our house, and our the house that we lived in had a really terrible, like super tiny cave-like kitchen that I had never cooked in. And so we renovated our kitchen in order to sell our house. And suddenly, when I had this beautiful space, it was not large or anything, but it was like all white and bright and had pretty light. And I really felt like that having a space that inspired cooking also changed my attitude about it. Because like I said, I had been in this like sort of cave-like kitchen. I didn't want to cook anyway. And the space was dark and gross. So like none of these things were conspiring to make me cook. So then I, I have a need and desire to cook, and suddenly I have this all-white cabinet, nice, bright space. These two things happened at the same time, so I finally started to learn to cook. So I learned to cook. I cooked for crowds. We always have house guests. We have this lake house now. I cooked for a million people for like, I don't know, five or seven years. Then a few years ago, I just was over it. (laughs) Done. 
done with cooking now. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't totally done, but I really just, I don't know if I just burned out. Like maybe my mental health wasn't up to par. And so it just, it takes a lot of energy to feed your people in a healthy loving way. And I just, that's, you know, when like something has to give, that's what gave. Mm. And so I just, I didn't stop cooking entirely. Like I could, you know, I do the basics of life, grilled cheese sandwich, heat up some soup, like, you know, crock pot, whatever. Like I, we have muddled through, but definitely in the last few years, I've realized like, oh, we have gone, we have, we have lost the path. (laughs) We have lost the eating path in our family. We've gone to a lot of convenience foods, a lot of laziness. And I don't say that in a, like, lazy is so negative. And I don't mean it that way. Just like, again, this isn't the thing I want to put my energy into, decision-making and prepping and all of that. So anyway, I now have a renewed energy where I want to eat better I want to love on my people in this way. I want our home to be a place that's not only convenience foods. So in that very vein, as I've been thinking about that, I thought of you immediately because this is your gift to the world. So now I want you to share, please, with um, the listeners, like a little bit about who you are, if they're not familiar with the amazing Brie McCoy, and also just a little bit about your story, um, how you got into cooking, like a little bit what you're going to tell us today. If there's anyone else out there who wants to get back to basics like myself, just tell us everything about you. Oh, wonderful. Well, I am Free McCoy and I am a food blogger. I wrote a book called Come and Eat and it's really based on hospitality and bringing people to your table. And the really interesting thing about my story is that I started with a strong dislike of the kitchen and of cooking. I got married and I was like, I don't, we don't use the kitchen. Like we store shoes in the kitchen. That's my (laughs) extra closet space. We order takeout. That's what we do. But obviously I think as most newlyweds find, you can't eat out every night unless you want to spiral into like a Thai takeout debt hole. And so I realized I probably need to start learning to cook. And it was quite the uphill battle for me. I really did not know anything, which is interesting because my mom is an amazing cook. She even owned a bakery. I come from a long line of just really amazing cooks. People are always feeding our neighbors and bringing people to their table. I grew up around that, but I was never really interested in learning about hospitality or about cooking. And so it was, it was an uphill battle. I was like, I don't, why do I keep burning everything? Why (laughs) doesn't this onion casserole taste good? I know it only has onions in it, but (laughs) I thought it would taste good because I put it in a dish. (laughs) So I, I started to learn to cook. And one day I think I just realized that man, I spend a lot of time in the kitchen, you know, whether it's getting breakfast in the morning or lunch, or I'm in there every evening making dinner. And so it occurred to me that maybe I should equip my kitchen in a way that will make this whole task of cooking a little better. And I started to do some research and look into like, what are the staple kitchen items that home cooks need? And I'm talking to like the everyday home cook, not 
any kind of culinary chef or anything like that. And so I started to accumulate this list of, okay, these items really are going to help you with your everyday meal prepping and planning. And I got so interested in it that, in fact, in our first year of marriage, Jeremy had, he was deployed for a year. We're in the military. I'm an Air Force wife. And for my birthday, he had sent me diamond earrings. And he called me over Skype from Afghanistan. And he was so excited to see me open these earrings. And I I opened them and I was like, "Uh, what are these? (laughs) Because I'm not a jewelry girl, but he did not really know that. And so I was like, I, they're great. I'll wear them sometimes. And he was like, okay, listen, these are real diamond earrings. These cost a lot of money. If you're mildly interested in them, we should return them for something you really want. And I was like, okay, yes, I would like to return them. And I took the money and I went and bought pots and pans. And that was kind of my, (laughs) that was my like first entry into I'm taking the equipping of my kitchen very seriously. If I'm going to cook in a pan every night, I'm going to have the best pan. Um, Brie, that is a really cute story and I don't relate to it at all. <laughs> Tell me, you like diamonds. <laughs> I, I like diamonds. <laughs> you don't want a stainless steel pan <laughs> over diamonds? Are you about to tell me I have to make that choice? No. Okay. <laughs> no, you can have your diamonds and maybe one one pan. Maybe one pan. Okay. We'll get yes. to that. We'll get to that. Okay. So you bought your pots and pans and then what? You were off to the races? Like suddenly you could cook? Yes. So I, I realized I had this one really amazing pan at, that I had invested in and I was like, cooking is so much easier. It Like having a good tool made the task of browning chicken and not burning it so much easier. And so I had this list of items that were... They were an investment. You're not going to go out in one shopping trip and buy all of these items. And so I just had this list and I knew on, I was going to look on the Black Friday sales or after Christmas sales or like any kind of big sale that was happening. I would go and look and see if these items were, you know, reduced quite a bit. And so over the course of, you know, several years, I accumulated all of these items and my kitchen is really now equipped for the rest of my life. Once you get these items, you don't really need to buy them again because they'll last you a lifetime. And also, then you're set. Okay, well, I have an actual honest question. And this is coming from a a person who, like, as a general rule, does prefer quality over quantity. I understand the difference in well-made goods and, like, all of that. Theoretically, I really do. But I'm actually asking you, if you think the pan you use to brown chicken, is it actually making a difference in that process or is this mental? I think it's both, actually. I really do. I I think that there are tools out there that really, they are high quality, they are made very well, and they truly do are created to help with the process of browning chicken or, you know, it's a high quality item that's going to help you with that task and it's created for that. But I also think that 
when I started to invest in my kitchen, I started to also get a little bit more interested in, well, I just spent a few hundred dollars on this thing. Maybe I'll look up and see the best way to brown chicken. So there's also the technique. So I think they kind of went hand in hand for me. You know, when you invest in something, I think you take it a little bit more seriously. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, now that I've invested in this thing that I researched and felt that people said, like, this is the tool for this task. Now I actually want to know, you know, the science behind how to brown chicken, the technique behind it. And that kind of happened with every tool that I got. It was high quality. It's made to do these tasks really well, very excellently. And then also because I had invested the money, I wanted to actually learn the knowledge and the technique behind what I wanted to create. Okay. Okay. That's a very fair answer. Because like with my example of when I had a brighter kitchen, it made me want to cook more. That's mental. And there was, there's nothing about like the actual stove that cooked better or not as good. You know what I mean? Like that was totally mental, but it's a real thing because it, I believe a lot in what your space brings to your mental energy and your, you know, I believe a lot in that, but I just want to like <laughs> say the difference. How much of this is mental, which is valid in its own way, and how much of this is like actual, no, like this thing is actually a better thing. And you're saying it's sort of both. Yes. And I and I also think that there are a lot of kitchen items that you can buy inexpensively. And it's like you do not need the Maserati of a garlic press. Right. You know? And then there are some items where it's like, actually, yes, this tool, it costs this much because it really is created to do the job excellently. So the items you're going to talk about today, you think they're actually legitimately better tools? Yes. Okay. I need to know and about them. I don't know. You sent me this list ahead of time, but I decided I wanted to be fresh. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> so I do not know what you're going to say today, and I do not know if I own these things or not. So... I, but I feel positive that I don't, probably. <laughs> just, just being honest. So, okay, I'm ready to hear. I truly do want to hear what I need, like in a basics way, that are the best tools for these things and that also might bring about what I'm trying to build in my family, which is, um, you know, better habits, maybe a, more motivation in my kitchen, all of those things. I'm ready to hear it. Okay. So the first few items I'm going to talk about, they are items that are an investment. So they're hundreds of dollars and they're items that I also use daily, if not multiple times a day, and they are created to last for the rest of your life. And like we had just mentioned, they're items that I think they do the best of any of their category. Okay. So the first one is the Instant Pot. Have you heard of the Instant Pot? I mean, am I a living, breathing human? Yes, I have heard <laughs> of the Instapot. I am terrified of it. I feel like it's going to explode on me. So I do oh. like, I've used a crock pot and do like it, especially for, well, I'm not going to spin out into why I like a crock pot. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I have used machinery like that. But when the Instapot became this whole thing a couple years ago, whatever, and I read about like how it pressure cooks or whatever, I was like, no, I am going to explode the kitchen with that thing. It seems so scary. There's all these warnings around it. Tell me why I need it as opposed to cooking things in a different way. And if it's going to kill me in the kitchen. 
Okay, so as for why you need it, I do not think everyone needs an instant pot. For example, if you love your slow cooker and you're like, it does the job, I think I think I don't I don't need this instant pot, then I think that's fine. The instant pot is really amazing because it can do tasks in a very short period of time. So for people who maybe aren't great at planning, for example, it's 5 p.m. and you forgot to throw the roast in the crock pot and now you're like, we shall be eating at 2 a.m. Everybody, <laughs> please come prepared. <laughs> that's 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 where the Instant Pot is really going to save your life. This actually happened to me uh, last week. I think I kept looking at the clock like I should get the roast in the in the crock pot. I need to get the roast in the crock pot. And then it was 5 p.m. And I was like, well, now we're doing takeout or I'm using my Instant Pot. And in the Instant Pot... A roast, a three pound roast will take 75 minutes. So we were easily all at the table eating by 630. I put the roast in at it, five. Is it hard though? And just, I need you to be honest. I, I'm not kidding you. I all but went into the kitchen with goggles when I used the Instant Pot for the That's how I feel about it. That's, I'm like, I'm going to be very fearful. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'll touch on that in a second. So the second thing or the thing that I was really worried about was that meat would be dry or tough because it was cooking so fast. In a slow cooker, when you're cooking your roast for, you know, four or five, six hours, you get a really juicy, moist piece of meat that just falls apart. So I was afraid with the Instant Pot. I was like, sure, it's done in 75 minutes, but it's tough. It's dry. It's not falling apart. That is not true. It is so delicious. It falls apart with a fork. It is moist. And I have never had anyone tell me that they can taste a difference between it being in the crock pot all day and being in the Instant Pot. And the reason that is, is because an Instant Pot is a pressure cooker and it seals. The reason the lid locks is because it seals the steam. So it's getting all of that moisture from the steam as it cooks. So it's so still it cooking it. in a liquid like yes. a crock pot. Because yes. for some reason, I always pictured it as like, I think in my mind, it's like a very scary microwave. I love that. <laughs> that makes so much sense, though. Okay, yes, the Instant Pot needs liquid. You cannot use the Instant Pot without liquid. Because that liquid is what helps create the steam and it's what helps cook the meat or whatever you're cooking in it. Okay, and what's the learning curve? So I did read the manual from front to back because I was also really scared. I was like, I don't want this to explode in my house. And I read the manual. And the nice thing about the Instant Pot and the reason that I recommend this as one of the best pressure cookers out there is because they have so many safety valves in place. It is pretty much almost impossible for something to malfunction with the Instant Pot. Like you're not going to be able to just go open the lid while it's under pressure because it has a safety feature for that. So there's so many safety features. The first two times I used it, I was like religiously like looking at the manual, doing the thing. But after the first two times, I use it with so much ease now. I'm like lock, press, we're ready. So I understand the fear thing. I felt the same way. But after doing all this research, I just realized okay, I would literally probably have to pick the Instant Pot up and throw it against the wall for it to, you know, explode. And I have no intentions of doing that. But if you are someone who might do that, maybe do not get the Instant Pot. <laughs> okay, noted. <laughs> With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating. And yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. 
Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. I mean, you're selling me. I really do think I might want to try it because, although I do love a crock pot, I don't use it that often because of what you're saying. Like, I'm not usually totally prepared for what I'm going to cook every night. So, you know, if I don't throw it in early in the day, then I've messed it up. So, okay. All right. All right. I'm, I'm ready. What's next? The next one is actually what I think is the number one tool every home cook should have and probably the first tool you should buy when you get serious about equipping your kitchen, and that is a high-quality sharp knife. You can do everything with a high-quality sharp knife, almost everything that you need to do in the kitchen. You're peeling, you're chopping, you're dicing, and a sharp knife should last you for your whole life if you take care of it, and it makes tasks seems so easy. When you are cutting with a dull knife, I think a lot of tasks can feel frustrating. They can feel tedious. It takes a long time to cut an onion with a dull knife. And then that onion looks just sad and not uniformly. But wait, how do you know like the shape of it? Like what do you mean? Uh, Is there a, a specific, there's all different kinds of knives. Like I have like a lot of people, I mean, maybe not, maybe everybody is smarter than me at the knife thing, but I have like a block of fancy knives. I paid a lot of money for them. Like they're some kind of fancy brand, but there's a lot of different shapes. Now, and at this point, I think I got them for my wedding. So they're 12 years old. (laughs) Yes. So the number one knife that is recommended is either a chef's knife or a Santoku knife. Oh yeah. Okay. I know what those two are. Yes. Those are kind of the big ones. And that's those are the knives that can handle literally any task. And really, you only need one. I have a lot of knives because I think that I like knives probably as much as like Sarah Jessica Parker like shoes. Like some girls are like going to go shoe shopping today and I'm like going to the knife store. Oh so I like having a lot of different knives on hand, but you only need one. A chef's knife will do everything that you need to do. If you really want a second knife, I would say maybe a paring knife. Those are the smaller knives that are really great with, you know, peeling an apple or cutting smaller fruits, cutting lemons and limes and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so if there's two, I recommend it's a chef's knife and a paring knife. If you eat a lot of bread, a bread knife is really nice to have. But a chef's knife is is where you want to start. And the amazing thing about high quality knives is there's so many on the market now and you can go into a kitchen store and talk to the sales clerk and say, I want to hold the different high quality knives. What are the differences between these knives? And they will walk you through everything. And not only that, but these kitchen stores will sharpen your knives for you on a regular basis. So you can take your knife into 
uh, Sir Latab or Williams Sonoma, you do not need to have purchased them there, and they will sharpen your knife for you for five dollars. And that's how you keep your knife sharp and long lasting. When are you supposed to sharpen it? <laughs> how often do you take it in to sharpen it? I know nothing. Should I take my twelve-year-old knives? <laughs> Yes, you should. First of all, yes, you should. And second of all, you can. Because I think some people think, well, it's 12 years old. It's not like it's beyond being repaired. But that's not true when you go into these stores. And I've asked the sales clerk this. They're using a professional grade sharpener. It's mechanical sharpener. And so it will get your knife back to working condition. And I take mine in for professional sharpening quarterly. So every quarter, I just take my knives in to get professional sharpening done on them and then the way that I make sure that my blade doesn't get dull is I do not put it in the dishwasher do not put your high quality knives in the dishwasher those are for hand washing and then also make sure you're using like a wood cutting board when you're using them because that helps keep the blade sharp and then just taking them in regularly like quarterly to get them professionally sharpened and it will last you for the rest of your life I know that you said it it might be preference of like how it feels in your hand or whatever, but what, if I was just going to buy one, like if I was going to go in and buy one chef's knife, an investment piece, what brand do you like or brands? I love Wustoff. And the reason I love that company, they have, you know, your decades of creating really great quality knives. They are created to last you for lifetime, your life. And also that's what I started with and I've never been disappointed in it. So I haven't really tried to branch out because I've always had an excellent experience with Wustaff knives. Okay. Okay. Knives. <laughs> okay. Next. You know Next. I travel with my knives. That's how much I love them. Oh my gosh. I need to tell people that. Brie came to my lake house. We did a little work retreat with some other friends of ours where we had time just being together, but also like did a lot of work which I highly recommend. That's a different episode entirely. But getting together with like-minded women for a few days to actually be productive and spend some time together is an experience that is amazing. But anyway, Brie came to the lake house. We had actually never met. She came to my home and we had never met in real life. That's fine. That's also a different it's episode. Fine. And she had knives with her, you guys. She brought knives on the airplane. You had to check them, I'm assuming. Yes, and I was like, wow, this is some real commitment to your knife situation. But also, I didn't have to cook that entire weekend because between the people there, Kendra, Adachi, Lazy Genius, and Bree McCoy, just genius, genius, they cooked all the meals, which was amazing. Okay, that was a sidebar. What's the next thing? So the next item, which goes along with the knife, is a cutting board. And so you just want a nice cutting board. Having a good cutting board is really going to, you know how you said, you know, having your kitchen, like it was bright and white and you just wanted to go in there. I felt that way with my cutting board and I didn't realize it. So I invested in a Bose cutting board. It's like an $80 cutting board and it's large and in charge and it's a little on the heavier side. But what ended up happening because of that, I thought I was going to store my cutting board like, okay, I'm going to store it. But I was like, this is too heavy. I'm getting out multiple times a day. So why don't I just leave it on my counter? And what happened, a happy accident, is when I entered my kitchen and I see my cutting board, I'm just ready to start doing whatever task it is. It has been so helpful to just have it out already. And it's really pretty looking. So I like having it there. And to be clear, I have a very, very tiny kitchen. We live in a 900 square foot home. So it's not like I have all of this countertop space 
our cutting board takes up a lot of the space, but a lot of the, the tasks we do happen on the cutting board. Jeremy's coming in and like, you know, cutting an apple, I'm prepping food. And it also created this visual like gathering space when we have people over while I'm at the cutting board, people are gathering. So it's a very pretty cutting board. It will last me my whole life. I had it for going on seven years and I will never have to replace it. And it is good on my knives because it's a wood cutting board. So think about some of the visual items you can have in your kitchen just already out that will help the task of getting in there and cooking better, even if you have a small space. How do you clean a cutting board? I could Google this, but you're here, so I'm just asking. It's so easy. So with a wood cutting board, all you do is you take some kosher salt and you sprinkle it all around. You take half of a lemon and you just rub it on your cutting board. And so not only does it clean it, but it also freshens it up. So if you were cutting, you know, a really pungent onion on it. So just those two items, salt, lemon. And then I put my lemon in the disposal. So then that makes my disposal smell nice. Mm-hmm. And then you're done. Wipe it off with a paper towel. Okay. You never even have to, like, I never move mine to the sink. I never, I obviously don't put it in a dishwasher. Okay. I don't put my cutting boards in the dishwasher, but I do move them to the sink and I feel like they just get warped and they crack. Yeah. I think if it has too much water and some wood cutting boards, and I'm actually really bad at this. So I think it, there are some boards that need like oil, wood oil Mm. that you put on. I think I put it on like once a year, which is fine. And my, my board's doing great. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. You're costing me a lot of money today, (laughs) Brittany. Believe me, when I looked at my list, a 26-year-old little Brie looked at my list, I was like, well, I hope Jeremy knows what's happening in this marriage. (laughs) All our money is going to the kitchen. But like I said, it happened over years. Over years. Okay. Okay. Next up. Is a kitchen stand mixer. I think we all know what those are. And they're really pretty. They can come in like pretty colors. They add a pop of color to your kitchen if you want them. Um, People who bake a lot, this is such a powerhouse tool. It's amazing for, you know, doughs, cookies, batters, kneading your dough, whipping your cream. The interesting thing about me is that I actually don't bake a lot. I don't in like I don't crave sweet things. I crave savory. And so I did not think I needed a KitchenAid stand mixer, but I ended up investing in one and because every once in a while I will make I will bake something for our friends and neighbors who like sweet things. But I use it for a lot of savory items. So you can shred full chicken breasts and chicken thighs in your KitchenAid stand mixer in like 60 seconds. And so I do that all the time when I need to shred chicken. I also bought an attachment that allows me to shred cheese in like two seconds because I always buy the really big blocks of cheese because they're, you know, inexpensive. And I just put them through that attachment. And the KitchenAid stand mixer has, I think it's like 15 different attachments so really, whatever, there's like a juicer attachment, a pasta a, attachment, an ice cream attachment. It's ridiculous. But you can use the KitchenAid mixer really for whatever your needs are. And I love it. And the KitchenAid is something to really look out for on sales. I think on Prime Day, they can start at $300 and go up from there. I think on Prime Day, you might be able to find some for like 250 So I definitely had my eyes out. On, during sales for the KitchenAid mixer. Mm-hmm. I always see those on random different sales. I have one, also I think a wedding gift, now that I think about it. 
And I just never use it. I have used it to shred chicken if I was in a hurry and like needed a lot of chicken shredded. I'm also not a big baker. It's big and heavy. It's I don't use it enough to leave it out on my counter like people do. And so I don't. And so it always seems like a pain. Ooh, yes. I, it is a pain because it is heavy. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you do not bake a lot, and if you do not have countertop space for it, it might be something you would want to think about later on down the road. Or if you get into a season where maybe you are baking a lot all of a sudden. Uh, we got ours. Oh, actually, we got one for a wedding gift and I returned it. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm not ever going to go into the kitchen. Why do I need this? But then when we did get it, I was baking a lot for s- some of our events that we were going to a lot. So, And I keep it on my counter. If I had to pull it out every time, I don't think I would use it as often. That's what I mean. I think that's why I don't. I will say, as an aside, although you're the expert here, uh, my mom bought me, because she cooks when she comes to my house, which is several times a year, she needs a hand mixer sometimes. And so she bought the KitchenAid hand mixer, which is way easier and I do end up using it. It's nice. I mean, it doesn't, it, you can't do pasta and all that. I mean, you know, it's not a, it doesn't have all the attachments or whatever, but just if you need it, like a mixer, same brand, great function. It's several years old and it's amazing. That's so good. Look, yes, I, I contributed to the conversation. It's so, it's so exciting <laughs> with such a great tip. A, a hand mixer is a great, it is a great tool. Thank is you. that what you all use for Sunday pancakes? Or do you just No, we just spoon. We just use a wooden spoon for sunny pancakes. Is that bad? Is that wrong? You can buy inexpensively. No, that's not wrong. I I mean, we could. I have when I am feeding a lot of people, and so the batter is a lot bigger and more unwieldy. But for our family, we just use a spoon. That's awesome. I love your sand. Well, I haven't had them, but I like when you talk about them. Thank you. Sunday pancakes. Okay, next item is a high capacity blender, like a Vitamix or a Blendtec, or I think there's a Ninja. Okay, I do have this. And my husband will be so glad to know that you're telling me other ways to use it because I have not used all $500 worth of it. <laughs> okay, you do have it because it's at your lake house, right? And yeah, I have, a, I have one. I bought it because I went like, I don't know, two or three years ago, I decided I was going to be a smoothie person. I'm not a smoothie person. <laughs> I really thought I was going to be. And so, and I, I mean, I like a smoothie sometimes, but like not not $500 Vitamix smoothie level. But that's why I bought it. And we just don't use it enough. He now uses it for margaritas, which are worth it, by the way. That's why I bought it. <laughs> so see, same, same. Smoothies, margaritas, whatever. Margaritas. I did buy the Vitamix because I would go over to a friend's house every week when Jeremy was deployed our first year of marriage, and she always made the most amazing margaritas in her Vitamix. And I was like, well, I need a Vitamix. Clearly. Just for the margaritas. And then I started doing research because, like you're saying, if you're only making smoothies or margaritas, you probably don't need a $500 blender. There's so many blenders out there that are going to be able to do that job for much less money. But the thing that I really loved about the Vitamix is it can do a ton of different things. So it does your smoothies, it does your margaritas, but it can also, I use it a lot in the wintertime for soups. So we love tomato soup and I'll roast tomatoes in the oven and then 
the Vitamix can blend it like a dream. No problems. Put it in the Vitamix and it purees the tomatoes perfectly. It also has a setting which keeps the soup warm while it's blending it. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing with like butternut squash and apple soup. We'll puree it or I'll do it with um, if I want to make kind of a, a sauce or a glaze with roasted mushrooms and carrots. It's really yummy to blend all of that up. It does nut milks, which we've made almond milk in it and it's so yummy almond milk homemade almond milk is so yummy so we love that it does nut butters it does a lot so I would say look at the list of things that it can do and if you're like yeah those are a lot of tasks that I would perform then it's such a perfect item to have in your kitchen it does so much and we use it multiple times a day a lot of times for smoothies and then for meals Mm -hmm. yeah I'm definitely not taking advantage of. I was just thinking of some some meals that I do make already like that I could it would be easier for me if I did those sauces or those whatever in the Vitamix. I never think of it. The amazing thing about being in the world today is so many things do so many things. <laughs> but sometimes it can be overwhelming. It's like I'm just going to use this thing to make a smoothie. I know. And also I suffer from that thing where if I've always done it one way, like I either totally forget or I dismiss that there are options to do this in an easier way. <laughs> yes. When I first heard that you could you could shred chicken in the KitchenAid, I was like, okay, but I just already shred my chicken with forks or whatever. And the, I didn't try it until – now, one, we already discussed. So I have to like pull my KitchenAid out, which is like a whole thing. But one time I had a lot, a lot of chicken. It was just going to be so much easier to do it this way. And then I was like, oh, yeah, there is merit to this tip, actually. <laughs> this is easy. Yeah. I, it's so true. I think sometimes you're like, no, this is how I do it. I'm going to do it this way. And then you try it and you're like, oh, gosh, this makes my life so much easier. Yeah. There are things that I can, I'm already springing to mind that would make the Vitamix that would make my life easier for sure. Would make re- certain recipes easier and, w- and would make them better, to be honest, because it does blend so thoroughly. Yes. Like no problems. Yeah. No chunks. And you're not having to like jiggle it around. Like things don't get stuck in it. Yes. It is good. It's a good tool for sure. The next one, and I think one that people are like, well, if I have a blender, why would I need this as a food processor? Do you have a food processor? I have a food processor. Again, Wedding gift. Maybe this should have been a drinking game at the beginning where every time I said wedding gift. Yes. We, we formatted this wrong. We totally we did. redo it. Let's start over. I got it as a wedding gift. So again, it's pretty old, but it does still work. I only know that because my mom uses it sometimes. That is so amazing. I love that so much. Okay, so the reason that I personally have a high and blender, which is the Vitamix, and a food processor, is because while there are a lot of things that they can do similarly, there's one major difference, and that is a blender, like the Vitamix, really needs a lot of liquid, usually, and it's really good at pure, almost getting it to like a very liquidy, pureed form, the things that it's creating, whereas a food processor, you don't need a lot of liquid, if any liquid at all, actually, and you can really control the consistency, so I use my food processor for so many appetizers. So when I'm making like a whipped feta spread, I want to use my food processor because I'm not really using any liquid and it's not going to create, you know, you don't want to dip your chip in a liquidy feta thing. 
So I use my food processor for that. If I'm making any kind of marinades, um, like fresh herb marinades, we do a steak that has, you know, cilantro and parsley, or if you're doing a pesto. Um, so any of those kind of marinades that you don't want any liquid, but you want them chopped very, 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 very finely, then you want a food processor. I use my food processor for my, all of my salsas. So, you know, my tomatillo salsa, my mango salsa, because I can really easily control the consistency of it. Like if I want a chunky salsa versus something that's, you know, super fine and liquidy. So I use both of them. Okay. Well, I hate to just lay out all my crazy. I mean, no, I don't. I do that every week. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But I'm also afraid of the food processor. And this is based on something real. My mom almost cut her thumb off when I was a child with the blade from the Cuisinart. Oh. And it was like Christmas Eve and it was, you know, emergency room and blood everywhere. And it was like crazy. And so I've always been very scared of those blades, like really, really, probably to a weird degree, scared of the blades. And yeah. That's traumatizing though. Yeah. That's very traumatizing. Now, just to be clear, it's not like she like stuck her finger in it. It it like just fell on her. I think she was, well, I don't remember the exact story. I think she was getting it out, like to use it and the blade, you know, just like, because it's so sharp. So sharp. Oh my goodness. Okay. I have not heard a story like that. That is, that is, that is traumatizing. I would also be afraid of the food processor. I have not had that problem. What brand do you have? So I do have a Cuisinart and it will last me forever. Do you have that big one or do you have that like, you know, they have the little one for, for dips or whatever it is. I have the big one. Well, I think it's actually a medium size. So they have smaller ones, which are literally like chop my onion. Right. I've seen those. I kind of want one of those, to be honest, the small one. Those are nice if you really do a lot of chopping and you don't like using your knife or you don't have a good knife or you just do a lot of chopping. Well, you know that I don't like to touch things. Have we talked about this? Oh, right. Yeah. I have a lot of sensory things. It's part of my anxiety. Yes. Um, it's completely fine and totally manageable, although it does like limit me a little bit in the kitchen, both cooking and eating. So I have like a lot of sensory things. So I don't like to touch things. Yes. <laughs> so I wish I had a picture of your face right now. <laughs> but anyway, like all jokes aside, I think maybe that that little bitty Cuisinart might be nice for me. Yes, I, Laura, I really think it would because A, it's small so you can, it's not going to be like you're lugging out this big thing. It does the job so thoroughly and so fast and very little touching involved. That's what I mean. I like, because I like flavors and I like that kind of thing. So if I could just dump a diced whatever into the recipe and not have to ever touch anything, that would be nice for me. I like that. See, and I like the way you're thinking because I think something that's really important is that while there's all of these great lists of like how to equip your kitchen or what to, what needs to be in your kitchen, is you are the only one who knows how you're going to approach your kitchen. And you are the only one who knows like I need these tools if I want to make meals every evening or, you know, frequently. And so I think while especially with you, like talking through these things have are so helpful for me, they're helpful for a lot of people, but start thinking like, well, how would I... I don't, maybe I don't want a sharp knife. Maybe I want my little 
my little Cuisinart food processor. I like that. And just being confident in maybe not every chef, home cook needs this, but I, I need this. It helps me make meals every evening. Yeah. Like as we're talking through this, I am realizing that you have to think about whatever your own, you know, either limitations are or hangups or issues that they might not be mental like mine. They might be like, my family has 4,000 activities in the evening and we're just literally never going to sit down to dinner five nights a week. So how can I still feed us in a healthy way and in a loving way or whatever? Like whatever a person's life looks like or what their limitations might be or whatever, I, I think just maybe admitting them. Like I'm not trying to make this all deep or anything, but just admitting like, oh, I don't really like to touch stuff. So that sort of hinders cooking. <laughs> But there are ways to get around it, kind of. Yes. I totally agree. And I think it's important to also recognize the season that you're in because maybe you're in a season, like for Jeremy and me, I can cook every evening and I like cooking. And so sometimes I cook meals that take a little bit of time. But that season might change for us. And to just acknowledge and recognize like, okay, some things have to change. Mm -hmm. And it's okay that it doesn't look the way it used to look or it's okay that it's not the way I want it to look. But right now this is a season we're in. And so I'm going to get what I need to do the job. Yeah. And maybe that's how, like I know someone who has two instant pots. She has two instant pots. Her family schedule is crazy. She's like, we never turn on the stove. Everything is in. And I'm like, that's, that's awesome. Like that's the season of life you're in. Yeah, I mean, that's like a reason to buy the Instant Pot versus the Crock Pot. If you're like, listen, I am never going to have it together enough to meal plan. Like, I'm just not. I'm just going to acknowledge that to myself, that before I walk out the door in the morning, I will never know what's for dinner. (laughs) Yes. So therefore, it is worth a couple hundred bucks or whatever for me to be able to always make that decision at 5 p.m. because I am always going to make this decision at 5 p.m. So instead of being like mad about this for decades, I'm just going to work around it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I love that. That's so true. Okay. What what number are we on? We're on seven. Okay. I put this on the list basically because I always get asked about this when it shows up in my Instagram stories and it's my enameled cast iron brazier and I love it so much it is heavy duty it can go from stovetop to oven straight to the table so I like that a lot for Wait, serving what is a brazier what does that look like okay so think of uh maybe a saute pan so a big round saute pan uh-huh. it's a little bit deeper okay and it has two handles on each side and then a lid okay and it's enamel so it's cast iron but it's enameled so mine is white And I use it every evening for cooking now. I don't use any of my other pots and pans. I can do casseroles in it. I can brown my chicken. I can roast my fish. And I love it because, like I said, it can go from stovetop to oven and then straight to the table. It's pretty looking. So I like putting it on the table and we can all eat. Is it universally called a brazer? Like, is it just called a pot? So it's universally... (laughs) Universally, it is called a brazier, and there's also another one that's more widely known, which is called a Dutch oven, and that one's deeper, much deeper. Okay, so I I know what that is. I have one of those, two of those, I think, maybe even. Okay. Yes, I love those. So a Dutch oven or a brazier, I love them. I love them. A lot of people use them if they don't have a slow cooker or an instant pot. They love using them to, like, brown their meat in them. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Kendra from Elise Genius, you know, she made us those short ribs. She browned the short ribs in the Dutch oven and then put it straight into the oven and then served it right there at the table. And that was my and Dutch so, oven. So I do own a yes, Dutch oven, right? Yes. You own one. <laughs> you own one. Uh, you own t- and you also had it on your stove. It's really pretty. A lot of people like keep it on their stove because yes. it's pretty. Yes. And okay. I do the same thing. I just keep it on my stove. It's very pretty. And it's, again, one of those signals like my cutting board and my brazier, they're always out. But and a so brazier I- is shallow? Yes. Or it's sh- a little bit more shallow. Okay. I just like it because I, if I'm doing, you know, like chicken piccata or, you know, just browning any kind of ground beef or anything, I don't really need a very deep pot. So the deep Dutch oven is for like pot roasts, stews, soups which I do mostly in the winter. And then my brazier, I'm, I'm using it every day for everything. Got it. And so many brands have nice brazers. I have a La Creuset and it can be a little bit pricey. Like again, we're talking a few hundred dollars, but it's gonna, it, it has a lifetime warranty. It will last me for the rest of my life. And La Creuset does awesome sales. Also, they're on Amazon. Also, their outlet is basically when I bought this stuff. Because So if you live by a La Creuset outlet, yes. That is, that is awesome. And they do great discounts, like military discounts, student discounts. So I just like, when I went and bought mine, I was like, it's a sale. I'm also in the military. I will like, this is my first time purchasing. Like I want all of those <laughs> discounts. And I signed up for your email list, basically walking out with a free brazier. It was great. Okay. That's awesome. I do like their outlet too. I've, I've bought things there. That's nice. Those are nice pots and pans. They're very nice. And what's really exciting, my mom has some and my grandma has some. And we all know that they're going to get passed down. And so it's also just nice knowing their pants that they're going to last forever. And they can be passed down. And they're pretty. So the last three items, they are really, these are not investment items. These are just items that I cannot live without in my kitchen. And I think every home cook needs them. And uh, the first one is a garlic roller. I also travel with my garlic roller. I brought it to your house. But it is like a little silicone tube. This thing is like $5. And you put a piece of a clove of garlic in it. You roll it a few times and out comes a naked garlic. Like completely naked. The the wrapper is no longer on it. What? I've never even heard of this, nor did I see you use this thing. This sounds like a magic trick. It is a magic trick. It literally is a magic trick. I cannot believe it's because I use a lot of garlic in my cooking, a lot of garlic. And the way I used to peel my garlic is, you know, how we all learned back in the day is you take the back of your knife and you pound it on the garlic. Well, A, that's dangerous a little bit. B, it's wear and tear on your very nice knife. And C, you get a very smashed piece of garlic. And so I didn't love that. And then I was in Charleston, South Carolina in a little cooking studio and this lady pulled it out and used it. They are on Amazon. These garlic rollers are on Amazon. $5. I use it every day. You just literally take seconds. Boom. Naked garlic. I use it every day. <laughs> I want everyone to know that that's the hashtag for this episode. <laughs> Naked, Naked garlic. garlic. Oh, no, wait. Maybe not. Who knows what would come up? <laughs> Who knows? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. That's so amazing. So that is – I love it. I love it. I travel with it just like I travel with my knives. Okay. Number nine is the book called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. I bought this because of you. I saw it on your Instagram stories 
or some or something on your stuff. And I bought it, but it was right before we left Los Angeles. And so I have not delved into it. And I honestly thought I might buy another copy for here at the Lake House, even though it seems dumb to have one at each place. But I really wanted to, I really want to read that. Yes, it is. Not only is it beautiful, and not only did it win a James Beard Award, it is essential. If you are in your kitchen cooking, this is really before any cookbook you buy, before any other kitchen tool, like salt, fat, acid, heat. This book breaks down what makes a delicious meal and all the elements that go into creating a meal. So after you read this book, you really are going to be able to confidently go into the kitchen and know like this is this is how much salt I need. This is how much fat I need in this recipe. Oh, this recipe definitely needs a little bit of lemon juice to bring out some of the flavors. It's amazing. It's not a cookbook. She definitely goes behind like the science and all the information you need to know. But what's really great is she does give recipes that demonstrate what she's teaching. So after you learn about different kind of salts and why you use them and how you use them, she'll give you a recipe so that you can kind of put that knowledge to the task. Is it all levels or do you have to be beginner or do you have to be advanced? What is it? All levels. All levels. Okay. I picked it up when I would say I, I feel very confident in the kitchen. I understand how ingredients work together. I understand spices and I got it and I learned a lot. So, so someone who's very comfortable in the kitchen, I learned from it. And I think people who are beginners are just going to, they're going to create a foundation for themselves that is like none other. Lastly, this one is also something that I just think is so fun and it's in my kitchen. And I loved, I actually brought yours into your kitchen or maybe you had it already in the kitchen, but it is a Bluetooth speaker or a smart speaker. And we have one in our kitchen and the reason is is because at the end of the day I really am as much as I enjoy cooking I am tired at the end of the day and so it's still a task for me it's still a chore to cook and I just have started putting either my favorite podcast on Jeremy and I have a a podcast that we listen together so if we're in there together we play it on our smart speaker wait what Um, is it now you have to say what it is we listen to Trevor Noah's Trevor Noah has like his his intros from his late night show. Oh, he does a podcast now, so you can hear the intros, and we love because they're funny, and we want to laugh. Mm-hmm. And so we listen to Trevor Noah, and we we listen to the podcast. Jeremy loves the podcast. Who doesn't I, love the podcast? I, I mean, I love them. I know. So that one is really fun, and so that's really great to can get our energy up. And I have a playlist that I listen to. I literally called it Pill Chop Shake. Because it's like for prepping time. Gives me some upbeat energy. If it's a smart speaker, that's kind of fun too. Because it's easy to say, you know, like, hey, Alexa, or whatever. You know, 10 minutes on the timer. Or, Alexa, how how long should my meat cook to get to 135 degrees? Or, like, she knows all the things. Mm-hmm. The robot. I have Alexa too. I also use Alexa as a timer pretty often. I do just want to blanket warn everyone including you, that she listens to our conversations and it's very scary. (laughs) It is, Laura, it is so scary. I agree with you. And I still am like, I love it. (laughs) I still do it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I still use Facebook and Amazon and they're doing, oh, Amazon is is the Alexa, but like Apple, like they're all listening to us. As we peel and chop and shake, we are being listened to. So just- We are being listened to. Casual reminder. 
just just to put everybody on a high note as we close. Every, you are all being listened to. Yes. Nothing is secret anymore. No. So those are those are the items. Bree, that was so helpful. It gave me so much to think about, not just like because I have about half these tools, but a few I do think I need to add. But also just like philosophically, it gave me things to think about, like why I got burned out in the kitchen, you know, what would make either the space or, you know, what recipes or tools or space will make that experience better for me feeding my family. Because this is like a tenant of life. It doesn't have to be. I'm not saying everybody should want to or should feel feed their family or their loved ones or themselves. But... It is something that's really important to a lot of us. And I I want to treat it better as an extension of treating myself better and my family better and just have a little bit more of mindfulness in the food in our life. It's been totally okay for us to hit a lot of drive-throughs during some years where that was the requirement, but we're out of that now. My family is. And so I want to... I want to make some shifts. And this has been really helpful to me. I'm so grateful. I can't wait to come to your lake house and cook again. Yes, please come cook for me again anytime you want. Tell the audience where we can find you because everyone's going to want to go follow you immediately. I'm telling you right now. So tell me where they can find you, where you hang out on the internet. I most consistently hang out on Instagram at Bree McCoy, B-R-I-M-C-K-O-Y. I am at OurSavoryLife.com. That's my blog. And those are really the two places. I do a lot of cooking demos on my Instagram stories and talk about the different kitchen products or do kitchen product reviews. So that's really the meat of where I'm at. Pun intended. <laughs> oh, I didn't even. Pun, pun was unintended, but now it is intended. 